Hey everybody, Dry here. I'm just chiming in real quick before the episode actually starts to let you know that the episode that you're about to listen to involves a lot of sexual assault and rape. It's hard to listen to, it's hard to talk about, and I would definitely understand if you don't want to listen to the episode. Um, so here's just a warning letting you know that it talks about a lot of difficult subject matter. If you decide to listen, definitely appreciate it. Thank you guys. Uh, on with the show. going to be a little different. We have a different lineup here. So I am your host today, uh, Sam, uh, Jariah's sister. I'm sure you know me by now from the last episode. <laughs> um, so with me today, I have Liz. Hi. Jell. Uh, Greetings. And Kay Slice. Hi. Hi. I'm not very good at this. This is my first time actually hosting. Um, thankfully, Dry is in here in the room with me to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we are watching Wind River. And who here has seen it and who here has not seen it? I think Liz is probably the only one that's seen it. Yeah. And you guys haven't? No. No, I haven't seen it. Nope. Okay. Sounds pretty whack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we already got a review from Gay Slice. <laughs> Before we go into that, how has everybody been doing? Anything new? Um, Not with me. Not really. Uh, today is my birthday. Happy birthday. How you. old do you turn? 60? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what they say witches don't age the same true <laughs> that is true they stay young forever yeah they're the children they eat <laughs> that is true okay <laughs> she's not denying eating children <laughs> <laughs> okay so i guess i'll start with jill how are you how is life life has been pretty good um Except for the COVID surges. Oh, yeah. It, it's been coming up. Wear your damn mask. Please. <laughs> yes, please. Wear your fucking masks. Going back up then? I actually haven't seen anything. Any numbers. I fell off the wagon of checking that. <laughs> so I think um, I haven't seen any numbers either, but there's been a surge at um, the hospital that I work in. There's been more COVID cases coming in. So... As the, I guess, state regulations is relaxing their um, guidelines. So, yeah. calm down, guys. Please. We went it's- to the party store today, and there was a bunch of people buying balloons. So, it's for my birthday. <laughs> Everybody's celebrating my birthday today. <laughs> Unfortunately. Not the celebrating your birthday, but people having parties. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess with the last stimulus check, uh, everyone was hitting Red Lobster. Which is what? <laughs> weird. Yeah. 
right? That's random. Yeah. <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> but other than that, I, I think I, nothing else has been new. I've just been living. Yeah, 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 same here. Case slice. How's your life? Whack. Okay, cool. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, I start school again um, in May, but it's been lonely. It's been kind of like chill but lonely without Rocky, but nice because I don't have to clean up after someone, so it's kind of like chill. Well, that's about it. I'm... What are you going back to school for? Um, a post bachelorate certificate in nonprofit management. Sounds fun. <laughs> Don't know what that is. I'm sure it's awesome though. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> yeah. Another thing to add to the resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh Liz. How are you? Good. Kinda bummed I didn't use my stimulus check for Red Lobster now. But that's okay, I guess. <laughs> Living the American dream, working from home. And that's pretty much my life. Yeah. That's literally all I do. I don't leave this house, so. Real interesting stuff right here. Real you interesting. <laughs> you went to the party store. All right. So today we are going to be watching Wind River. Um, 2017, I believe it came out. Sounds right. Um, Is it a horror movie? No, it's not a horror movie. It's like a, a murder mystery thriller, maybe, I guess. I don't want to give like too much of it away, but that's probably a good bet. Um, So I guess this is the part where I ask everybody what they think the movie is about. I think it's about a, a river that's running away. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she might not be wrong. <laughs> Who's to say? Shell, <laughs> what do you think this movie's about? Um, maybe it's something with the river. Um, something <laughs> with the wind and how that is pertaining to their lives or some profound bullshit like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all I know is there's a person with a gun. Um, there will be shooting involved, hopefully, and uh, they look very serious. So it might be something serious pertaining to their fictional lives. Okay. <laughs> we went deep on the metaphor there. Yeah. <laughs> so there'd be a deep story. Yeah. And a river. So Liz has already seen it. I guess I don't have to ask you. Nope. I okay, know what cool. it's about. I know what happened. And I've already seen it, so I don't have to ask me what it's about. <laughs> let's look at the back of the box oh okay wind river is a chilling thriller that follows a rookie fbi agent played by elizabeth olsen who teams up with a game tracker with deep community ties and a haunted past to investigate the mysterious killing of a local girl on a remote native american reservation that's how you Sounds get boring yeah that's what we get so, so they still Sam. might not be wrong. It could still be about a river and wind and guns. Sam, <laughs> why? Sam, why what? Why? Why what? Smoothie? <laughs> I don't know. Who um, chose this movie? Liz did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
children. Oh, man. Throw her under the bus. <laughs> Actually, um, I think it was a mutual agreement. Yeah, yeah it was a mutual agreement. Um, okay, so if you're going to be watching this movie, you can stream it for free either on Pluto TV or Amazon Prime. Of course, with a subscription. Or you can watch it on YouTube, Google Play, or Voodoo for three ninety nine. Nice. We own it, so we already paid that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to watch the disc copy. <laughs> Sounds like privilege to me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> We're very privileged right now. <laughs> so this movie is rated R for strong violence, rape, disturbing images, and languages. And language, rather. And it is 107 minutes long. That is the running time for this movie. If this is a hundred and something fucking minutes of someone fucking trying to fucking hunt down someone to fucking figure out a murder, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Don't say that. You know? <laughs> Call help. Uh, 1-800-SUICIDE-LINE? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This movie might just tip me over. <laughs> don't have a plan <laughs> yes we'll see <laughs> um, I don't really think I could talk about anything unless you want me to talk about the budget I mean like these people were in the Marvel series as and WandaVision yeah um, Elizabeth Olsen, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner have worked together Marvel movies yeah I think actually Elizabeth Olsen is the one that tipped Jeremy Renner off to this movie. So, Okay, so I guess the only thing left to do is watch the movie. Let's do it. So let's we'll go do that. Case Slice comes back or not? Go yeah, let's hope Case Slice comes back. <laughs> I'm going to be really unhappy. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. watching wind river and we also ate cake um all right so jill um what did you think give me your non-spoilery thoughts so i my original thought was supposed to be something metaphorical and all that bullshit i think it was a little bit but it did have some takes in it that i was pretty surprised about um I'll probably get into it a little bit later, but all in all, I think it was a very um, gradual, what is the word I'm thinking of? Um, Like a slow burn? It was a slow burn, but it wasn't like so slow. It was like a medium. Okay. (laughs) Wasn't a very drag on movie then. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Um, K-Slice. What are your non-spoilery thoughts? Did it make you want to kill yourself? <laughs> no, that was actually surprisingly a pretty good movie, I would say. Yeah, it was good. It's totally not what I expected. It got serious. It got super, super serious. Yeah, it's a, it's a really emotional 
emotional movie. Yep. I feel like it could have been a little bit more emotional. Like, I feel like there wasn't enough, like, drama. I kind of wanted to see a little bit of romance between, you know, the two main characters. But I I think I understand what... I feel like for the purpose of this movie, though, they kind of had to keep the romance stuff, the, like, the extra fluff bullshit out because it was, like, a serious movie. I kind of agree, and I think it would be, like, more of a dilutant um to the movie if there was more of that like fluff fluff like romance stuff compared to like the certain scene in the movie that we won't get into until uh later (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i think i'm i'm glad they didn't add any sort of romance fluff because i think it needed to put a lot of other things forward for it to be like an important i guess film (laughs) And I think it takes away with some of the other aspects for what they were trying to portray. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Liz, you've seen this movie before. Um, That's true. (laughs) She tells no lies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are your thoughts? Um, I haven't seen it in a while. I think the last time I saw it was a couple of years ago. Showing it to someone else. But I still like it. It's still a good, it's a good rewatch movie. Definitely has a message that you don't think would be in there. Um, just by looking at the actual case or by even reading the back of it. So I still like it. It's a good rewatch movie. Can I ask something? Yeah. Has anyone done the research for this? Like at the end, I don't want to give too much away. At the end, they say something like, "How has anyone done the research to see if it's I did, yes. Um, <gasps> yes! Okay, Okay. sorry. What did you think, Sam? It's really, yeah, it's a tough movie. One of those tough movies to get through. Um, but I I think it it's a important film. And the director, you know, had a purpose with this movie. I thought the acting is very good. I think it also got um I don't I didn't look into it but I think it got overshadowed by another movie when it came out. So it's extremely underrated. I don't think a whole lot of people know about it. Um yeah, I can't remember. I know yeah, there's a movie that came out. Yeah. I don't I just don't remember what movie it came out with at the same around the same time. Um I'm not sure because it it premiered at Sundance. It was like a film festival. And it opened in like four theaters to begin with, and that I don't I, I don't know like what could have overshadowed it, but it did actually do well financially. But yeah, I kind of agree that it's probably not as well known as it should be. Did the director have like um a personal not not a personal stake, but like does she have a personal connection to the to the movie and the story behind it? Well, I guess he just thought the themes were pretty important to tell. Because it says the movie is based on or real events, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a way, it is. Like, this story isn't, like, something that happened. But it's based on more like a a whole bunch of these sorts of cases that happen with indigenous women in Canada and uh, the U.S., but we can get more into that after we get into the non spoilery talk. Yeah. 
I guess the the big movies that came out around that time were Split and The Bye Bye Man. It was Split. It was Split. I've never heard of Split, but what? I have seen The Bye Bye Man, and that movie is fucking awful and hilarious. Dude, Split is pretty good. I'm, <laughs> I like, have I don't never watch heard any of those. Split's really good. I've it's, never heard of it. Uh, I don't know what that guy's name is, but he had M. a couple Night of meetings. Oh, I, <laughs> it's, it's an M Night movie. It's M Night movie. It was like a more of like a psych movie, but that movie was really good. That was about mental illness. The whole wait, series what? Is split, split? I guess it's a trilogy, though. You need to watch the other two. Also, okay, never mind. I've never. What's seen the other it, two? Glass and Unbreakable. Oh, oh I, seen I didn't know there was a trilogy. I didn't know it was like connected to that. Yeah, he waited a whole long time. <laughs> Damn. As E would say, this is track. not the um Bruce Willis <laughs> podcast. This <laughs> is the Wind River <laughs> podcast. Try all of this, you're gonna have to just take out when you're <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> but the main thing was split overshadowed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It took the sh- the limelight away. I could see that. This isn't really like a big mainstream sort of movie. It's not a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um, but it should be, though. It, it, it's kind of interesting, because I think he actually, he got a lot of the funding from, like, the tribes, like, a few tr- different tribes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it was actually, I don't think it said it anywhere in the credits, but, and that was good for a good reason, but it was originally released by the... Weinstein company but then all of the like allegations came out around that time Uh, that it was coming out and so the director like contacted them and was like basically gave him an all gave them an ultimatum like (laughs) hold on are you telling me that the director came up with this movie when the Harvey's whatever scene scandal was um the Weinstein um, Weinstein, they, yeah, I think it, and the uh, and the indigenous stuff, and then he tried to play on people's emotion and combine those two real world no. issues. <laughs> no, I'm saying the Weinstein company like, uh, produced this film. Oh, okay. Basically, like they're the ones putting it out, I guess, at the time. Um, huh. but I think Lionsgate took it over after this because the director gave the Weinstein company basically whoever the head of it the chairman or whatever um like an ultimatum like basically um they wanted to wanted the director wanted them to take out the logo and any sort of credit from the movie and any sort of compensation like this was like post theatrical i think uh that they wanted to take wanted them to take any sort of like association from the Weinstein company out of the movie and then the director wanted the Weinstein company to use any sort of compensation that they got from that and give it to charity. And the the chairman was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. So I think that was a good thing. I didn't know it was associated with them. I think I saw this in theaters. I think I did. And then we bought it after the fact. But I don't yeah. remember it. But to be fair, I don't follow movie the- like movie companies as much as i used to so yeah 
I only, I only really knew about it like after all of those allegations come out, like came out, because it was sort of big news, and he seemed like a total fucking prick. <laughs> but that's like a whole other fucking thing. This is all news to me now. Yeah. So my question is, with the director getting funding from, I'm assuming, different tribes in that mm-hmm. area, was it to tell, because it tells a specific sco- story, obviously, but it's saying something much bigger than what it actually is, but was it, and I don't know how specific you know, but was it like, hey, I want to make a movie about you losing all your stories and losing all of your people because no attention comes to you at all ever um and they you know basically left you out to dry or was it hey there's a there's a script out somewhere and we need to find someone to do it they find someone to do it but then where does the funding come from um i think it was the what you said before basically like they wanted to you know, tell a that. story tell a story um and i think he had a lot of contact with a lot of the tribes and stuff like that. Do you think that um he or the director brought in some points like from those tribes and incorporated it inside the movie? Because I feel like some of those things that we saw in the movie, like it's kind of pretty hard to duplicate like with other cultures, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, is this still the spoiler, non-spoiler part or is this the spoiler part? This is still like the non-spoiler part. Uh. I think there's a certain there's a certain scene where it gets to like spoiler territory, um, but I think we can talk around that maybe. I think the scene that we're referring to is pretty deep in the movie. All right, so there's definitely a scene that we're gonna get to, um, but I guess we could talk about some of the other important parts of it. So, the underlying story is that. Native American folks were displaced and taken to and and made to live on this land in Wyoming, where it's the conditions are so harsh to live, and they're they're um, subjected to these hard conditions because they've been displaced, and then the the society around them is so polluted that they have to also deal with this. You know what happens in the movie? Like yeah, that. I think that's like a that's a big part of it. Because that's what I got from it. Yeah. That's definitely a big part of it because, I mean, if you know anything about reservations, there's a lot of poverty and alcoholism, drugs. Oh, yeah. It aren't, aren't most um, Native American folks have... Fuck. This is going to sound so ignorant. When I was in New Mexico for a conference very briefly in Albuquerque... um. We were walking around down some downtown area, and there were a lot of people who were drunk and like on drugs. And my boss at the time kind of mentioned to me how the popu- the Native American population in New Mexico are they are the highest they have the highest rate of like alcoholism out yeah. of everybody else in that state. Yeah, I don't know the statistics on that, but there's definitely like I guess a higher rate. Yeah, definitely a higher rate of that. I think it has a lot to do with just the fact that a lot of reservations are very much out in the middle of nowhere. Um, It's very secluded. 
there's poverty, not a lot of resources, not a lot of things for kids to do. So I think a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol because of it. Just a tagline after you. I feel like some um, some families out there is just because of their upbringing and how their mothers and fathers or their grandparents has been brought up in that culture. And they're trying to pass that culture down from generation to generation. But as we all know, with like just kids and just generational, um, I guess, groups, it like it changes. And you know how some things get lost in communication when you go and try to pass things from like generation to generation. But I feel like the um, <laughs> alcoholism and the drugs are a prevalent force in those communities yeah can i say the part of the movie that really fucking did it for me that was like okay this shit's serious was when the detective goes to the room of the wife of mm-hmm. the daughter yeah and she's just like should i say it not shouldn't say it okay so i'm gonna like um give like a brief synopsis here do you guys remember what happened in the movie i don't remember fucking thing. so i think in the beginning um, there was asking, uh, one of the main characters, uh, I don't know what's his name, Corey. Um, he, um, I think he was a, like, he's a hunter. He's a hunter. Um, they were asking him to hunt for something. Um, lion, lion. Yeah. Lions. And then basically he was finding like, um, dead animals and stuff. But I think, I don't know if he found it or the sheriff found the first body he did uh, he so, found it yeah he did he's a he's a tracker yeah so all he does is hunt predators so mm-hmm. he knows how to track when the movie started with him killing the wolf i was like fuck this movie i was like nope this movie <laughs> is gonna suck so much dick i know it because it started with killing a cute ass wolf yeah but then and then and then and then it's like he finds what he's trying to hunt but then he totally forgets about them yeah, so he finds a body. It's a pretty awful, awful thing to discover, I think. He's very frozen. There's blood everywhere. And it's very far away from anything, so he has to call it in. There was something on the body that kind of, um, like, blood, like a light bulb to call the FBI. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. the blood, um, the blood, blood like- on the pants or the yeah the like it was very area. obvious she was raped yeah and obvious that she had run uh for a while because there's you know tracks and blood and frostbite and yeah frostbite so he he calls it in I don't, it's such a i was <laughs> sorry i was um watching an interview and he said jeremy renner said he actually had a hard time like holding back because he's supposed to be like a very stoic sort of character but him like acting said he had a hard time holding back in a lot of the scenes so i think he he was really into this character and story so it was very believable (laughs) that it was very anyway so basically there's a murder but they call in fbi and a woman comes, and everybody's like, "Who the fuck did they send to us? This 
this fucking newbie chick. It's she's she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Look at this. Look at what they send us. Person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> person. They really set up the scene to the res what re- reservations go through is they don't get help. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah. They and they they make it a very prevalent point throughout the whole movie, but this is where they're really setting it up um, as they're yeah, waiting for this person to come through. And they do kind of fool you because you're like, are they trying to be sexist? Like, what is this? Like, a, is a woman detective not good enough for you because she's tiny or something? But no, they really portray women as strong people. Yeah, like... Because um, I fell for it. I was like, this movie is sexist. But I think to their defense, she did say in the movie that she was the closest agent to them. Yeah, that's true. But the other thing is, which I was definitely judging her for, not because she was a woman, but because she was wearing heels and dress pants in was fucking winter. <laughs> yeah. That's she was the first not. thing I look at is people's shoes. <laughs> I judge people She was wearing high shoes. heels? I didn't even know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When she got there, it was like very snowy and she was not prepared like at all. Yeah. I grow to really like her character. Like, she she yeah. she comes off as, like, a newbie at first, but then, like, you kind of see her character develop throughout the movie, and, like, sh- she has to deal with these experiences, and I think she does fucking fantastic. I agree, yeah. Like, she's maybe not as jaded, <laughs> I guess. Um, So she's she seems to care more than, I guess... Somebody that has seen this a lot, or this sort of thing a lot, which is, I guess, not like an FBI like trait. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> right. Especially when it comes to any sort of case like this, when it happens on a reservation to an indigenous woman, especially if it happens to like any sort of sex worker, because they're not going to get any sort of support. For that, uh, that's just reality. And I was going to say, I, I feel like this is a problem for women everywhere. It is. And per- and I can totally believe that it's just more prevalent in the indigenous population. The movie said that there's not like any real statist- statistics because it's not like tracked. And there's not really much of a database for it. And things just don't get um, reported. But apparently... Yeah, indigenous women are murdered at a rate 10 times higher than the national average. And it's one of the leading cases of death for them. But also there's much higher rape cases. And a lot of the time actually comes from non-nationals or non-nationals, non-natives. <laughs> but I really, do, I really do think those statistics, even though that I'm glad to have them. I feel like they're really underreported. They are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Which is scary. Uh, the last few years, I think there's been more of a push by certain groups um, to actually report. There's this website. I forget what it's called. But basically, their goal is to collect stories from was this ahead of the Me Too movement or before? I'm not sure because this is sort of, this has just been happening for ever. Yeah, so you have to look at the history of it. So when they were colonizing here, yeah, 
the colonists were saying, you know, the native men are coming in and they're going to rape our women when literally the op- complete opposite was happening. So it's enrooted into a history that colonists have put there. Yeah. Um, and it just continues on. But also why the other thing that probably is looked at is why would somebody or even, you know, a a type of people trust in a government or a police officer that they've never been able to trust in the first place? Yeah. So if they're always going to get nothing in the end, then why ever? You know, why do anything about it? Why waste your time if no one else is going to waste theirs? Mm-hmm. And there was a scene in the movie that kind of pertained to that um, yeah. type uh, of thinking. Was it the... Uh, it was when those boys uh, got caught in oh, the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let me continue with the synopsis, basically. There's a, there's a body. Lots of shit. Cause <laughs> really bad at synopsis. Anybody else want to fucking post me? <laughs> So main story is um the the guy that hunts he hunts the predators right yeah so he as to white because he's also white and he goes into the reservation because he was married from to somebody that was from the reservation it hints that he has a daughter and um when he goes to pick up his son happening at the beginning of the movie the wife or ex wife is saying just watch him like don't and so you get a hint of something's happening and that's all you get and then you get to the reservation and he finds this body and we meet the fbi agent and the fbi agent once they get the body to the lab um wants it a homicide because this is she made it very clear that it's not her job like i don't solve these i just need to get a team out here and um but because she was found in such a weird place. Um, they couldn't really rule it as a um, a homicide for her to get a team out. And she took that personally to actually try to find something. Because um, I think even as an outsider, you can feel when something is personal, even though it's not personal to you. Well, it was very obviously, like, very obvious that she was raped. And she connected with it. And she didn't want that to go like swept under the rug yeah right so having to get trying to figure out you know from where the body was found there's two places that can be is like an oil rig um five miles away and then another house um which is known as a drug dealer house and i don't remember the the last name that they used but that's the house angelica was hinting at is when they get to that house is when they start questioning and try to find a little and we find more of that background you want to elaborate more on that, Angelica? Yeah. So once they got to that house, I think, and my memory might be a little bit sketchy. Um, once they got to the house, they found some clues as to who to talk to. And I think one of them was maybe the boyfriend's name or maybe. Mac? Yeah. Yeah. They get the mm-hmm. boyfriend's name off of that. Uh, from the brother. Yeah, right? so, yeah, because they went yeah. to this house to find her brother because they went, um, they saw the parents, and that was the scene that Kimia was talking about, is they find the mom um, in this just mental breakdown, um, and that's 
when where she's Kim, cutting herself. Yep. Yeah. And so where Kimia saw it was super important, but also this FBI agent was like, okay, this shit's real. Um, yeah. We're yeah. not fucking around anymore. And which I do have a question about that. Do you think that's part of their culture is to like kind of like like bottle it up and like try to release that stress another like in another unhealthy way? Drugs, alcohol. I it may be. I mean, I couldn't say because I don't know. I think it could be found in their genome. When you're when you're a people that was so strong in your roots and, you know, had establishments and then it all got stripped, I think you had to bottle it up. Which is nice that you bring that up because also the dad, who's a super strong, you know, Native American man, is like mm-hmm. totally fine He's with like this FBI agent. Yeah, and then he sees the main guy and he completely breaks down. Yeah. Yep. I think it's because it they sort of had a bond because um I guess we can just go into spoilery ter- territory. It doesn't really matter at this point. Um but Corey what's his name, Corey? I don't know. That's I wanna a- call him Corey. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. The one <laughs> um, thing his I character. know about this movie is I don't ever know any of their names. Me either. <laughs> I'm really bad at <laughs> like names. Like the names and the people, like I know the people and what they do, but like their name is not important to me. It's like who they are as a person is yeah. important to me. <laughs> um but I think they ha- I think they have a bond because he did lose Jeremy Renner's character. He did lose a daughter. And I wonder if his daughter died the same way. That's what the boy was saying. That's what the son was saying. Like, how did Emily die? Because I think Emily was the daughter's Emily, name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think she died the same way. Same thing happened to her, probably. A similar thing, yeah. And it's just so sad because everybody is just like, oh, it happened again because it's so common to happen and that was a i think that was like an underrated scene as well mm-hmm. like prelude to like what happened with the with jeremy runner and the son talking about like oh what did you see at work dad it's like oh i saw a dead body he was like or he the son was just like oh um how did he, she die it's like oh she died from the cold it's like is was that the same as emily yeah and that kind of like kind of you know kind of tags the audience to be like Who's Emily? What did she die of? Who is she a part of the story? Yeah, I think um, they definitely had a bond, and you could tell. It's a it's a bad bond to have. But <laughs> At least he was upfront about it. Yeah. I kind of like that kind of bluntness between. They're really, they're really um, sort of heartbreaking scenes. Just any any of the scenes with those two together are actually really, really. Yeah. Conversations yeah. that we don't typically have yeah (laughs) and he's right you don't like it doesn't get easier but you learn to cope with the pain of losing someone yeah this movie does have a lot to do with just like with grief it it does address grief a lot in the two different worlds Mm -hmm. but back to a part of me really wanted that romance between them but now that I know, like, the purpose of this movie, it's kind of like, no, that would just ruin the movie. Yeah, I think it, it doesn't need any sort of, like, overshadowing like that, I think. I, I was really proud of the, the, fuck, it's too far ahead. I'll wait. <laughs> well, then, with that, <laughs> let's pause it right there so that we can dive deeper into this sucker. Yeah, let's, um, I guess... Anything is on the table. 
We've been talking for quite a while <laughs> about lots of Oh, so you want me to talk about it? So let's go into spoilers. Okay, okay. I was really proud of the rape scene. You were proud of it? I was proud of it in that they were showing, like, they... Most movies are afraid to show that kind of stuff. Um, and it's it's really hard stuff to watch. I mean, it's like a fucking rape. Nobody wants to watch that, but, like, they really, like... I make you watch and witness it. Like this is the reality of some people's yeah. lives. Like <laughs> there's a, like a few different kind of scenes in movies that I absolutely just really get super uncomfortable watching, and rape scenes are one of them because it's just, ugh, it makes me really angry, sad. <laughs> this it like that's what the director probably wants you to like to yeah. feel. Like it evokes those emotions that it's just like it's uncomfortable to watch. But this is something crucial and part of what he's trying to tell you. Yeah. So going back to the trailer part, where this is where they get a lot of information. But where you also see kind of the differences of like somebody that is FBI and has to follow the books. And then somebody that's just there because they have an investment into this. And so Jeremy Renner sees the trails. He's a tracker. So it's yeah. all his thing to see the tracks. Um, whereas the FBI agent is, well, I, I have witnesses or not witnesses, but I have somebody that I can question at least now. And so they, they definitely are there for the same goal, but get to a resolution. And then the sheriff, is, I feel like the sheriff is there, but he is just like, oh, these things happen. Like they get unreported. So why should I do anything more just because, you know, this is how it is. Right. And she wants backup also. So the FBI agent wants backup. And he's like, um, this is the land of waiting. Yeah. <laughs> this is the land of you're on your own. So, and then that's where she brings up that he has six six officers for the size of Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Oh, my God. The following scene was so intense. It was, yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted her to be the most badass. And she was, but not badass enough. He kind of was the most badass, actually. Yeah. He gets pepper sprayed. <laughs> and I would be down for the count. I mean, the the sheriff definitely was down for the count. And then there's, like, this whole big shootout, shootout at the trailer. And they kill one of the druggy guys. They killed the druggy that opened the door. Yeah. <laughs> so they killed the druggy that opened the door. I think the other two brothers was trying to run away. But during that, like, intense scene, like, it even showed in the... um how the director like kind of filmed it um how she was seeing through yeah. like the pepper sprayed eyes yeah it was like all blurred and she could barely see anything she had right. a very low but she <laughs> did have some empathy after shooting him because she wanted to call the ambulance about it but the sheriff was like no fuck that like he's gonna die anyways pow pow and then just finished her off yeah she definitely like shot the shit out of that guy <laughs> and he's <laughs> She, but she's so trigger happy throughout really the whole is. movie. Like she'll drop a clip on one person. Yeah, and if it means protecting her, I mean, like, and I feel like that's like a theme in itself too, because some women is just they're not equipped to to protect themselves, especially with like hundreds of men with yeah. rifles and like trying to be all big and strong and shit. And you know, like she's like this little dainty little girl that. 
no one wants to like listen to because like she doesn't have like a voice. Yeah. I think one of the things Holy that makes shit. people listen to her is that she's FBI. That's one of the only reasons. <laughs> so Which you know where one. he's like, don't kid yourself, you're a strong woman in this in this in this place where we live, if you're not tough, you perish. And she literally was tough. And she that's why she lived. And what's her name was a fighter too, Natalie. And that's why she runs six miles. Yeah. So Jeremy Renner's character does eventually find another body. It's Max. Max is his name? Matt. The, bo- the Matt, boyfriend. The boyfriend. Um, he also finds lions. And the body. Oh, cougars, I think. Yeah. And the body is like definitely been out there for a while. Probably eaten. <laughs> and at the same time that he's doing this, I think it's about the same time. There's like this whole showdown thing going down at this trailer, right? Or is this after? This nope. is at the drill site. Yeah. Yeah, at the drill site. So they got some police officers to go to this drill site. They got some police officers because um, Elizabeth Olsen, the FBI girl, she was just like, I don't want to walk into this shit again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She walked into something way worse. And she was the only (laughs) one that had any sort of jurisdiction, I believe. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. To get there, they have to go through two other jurisdictions. So the sheriff making the joke is you have to go 50 miles to go five. Mm -hmm. Is why all these other officers kind of got involved. But again, it's Jeremy Renner following the tracks, which is what he's doing, which is why he's not with them. Yeah. And them following the leads that they have. Yeah. I really liked that when she fucking blew the brains of that one guy. (laughs) (laughs) That was nice justice. (laughs) Yeah, that, that whole scene is kind of crazy, to be honest, because um, they have the workers that live there and then there's the police officers then there's the sheriff and elizabeth olsen and they just go there to like question and like at this time they don't know that that guy is missing do they i don't know or dead maybe i don't know (laughs) they don't know they don't know he's dead yet because jeremy renner found him on his way while he was following the tracks they just wanted to look at the at his um just follow camper. a lead. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they all get there and <laughs> like everyone has a gun. <laughs> yeah, I never understood why the people at the drill site had a gun. But it could be for animals, but I don't know. But I mean the sheriffs have a gun because they're sheriffs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean if they saw cougars there or whatever, then or like wolves, maybe. I don't know. That is true. They were they were like rifle guns that they had. So. I'm gonna say those people creeped me the fuck out from the beginning when they started to talk to her. The like um, you could see they were fucked up, like they had wounds and stuff. I could sense some shit went oh, down. Yeah, like their vibes were pretty off Ugh. to like what they were responding. Stranger danger. Yeah, it, and it's <laughs> I've like encountered a lot of men like that at my job because like around where I live there's a lot of like oil stuff and like windmills so there's like a lot of roughneck sort of guys like that and I've encountered a lot of a lot of guys like that and they are just fucking the worst they're kind of assholes 
they're fuck it. they treat you like shit, especially if you're a woman. <laughs> they definitely do not respect you if you're a woman. Not all of them, but a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a when like certain men like get together, they act like fucking animals. <laughs> and yeah, as they just you just kind of feed off of each other's like they chaos. So what happened? Yeah, exactly. I've encountered it myself. I'm sure a lot of women have. Just sort of the group fucking bullshit. <laughs> but. Oh, let's go to the, like, flashback scene. Because all yeah. that guns, like, led up to um them opening the door. And when they opened the door, the, the girlfriend? The Natalie. Yes. Natalie, Natalie. she opens like oh hey you know i like rode like eight miles to get here and you know all this stuff and bickering and the boyfriend's yeah. like all excited and it's like oh i miss you woman all this stuff kissy kissy smooshy mushy um they actually loved each other yeah. and it was really sad for them it was yeah that scene really it was uncomfortable you, after it, it made you feel so it just made you feel it yeah. so much more because like that chemistry between them and you could just tell that, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's true love, man. Whatever that is. <laughs> it was hopeful. It yeah. bring it brings, I think, a part of the a story that's not seen in the rest of the movie. I think what also what Angelica was saying is that there's no like the lovey dovey takes away from it. But at this point, you're in the same, the FBI and the sheriffs are all outside of the trailer where everything happened. And so to see the flashback of, you know, this person that's grown up on a reservation trying to figure out a plan for her way out. She's 18 now and she's trying to find her way out now. And that was her planning. And then it all gets stripped away within you know, 10 minutes or so, however long happened. but And I think that scene kind of um, was like a nice little like side dish to the main course of the um, of the scene continuing on just because it kind of like it made you invested in those characters and what they felt at that time. Yeah, because at the up until this point, everything's a mystery. Right, they're trying to find why this girl was all the way in the middle of nowhere in winter with mm-hmm. no shoes, and they get a lead from her brother, and then they also, you know, want to see if the boyfriend's around because at this point they don't know he's dead. Side note: the brother didn't even know that his sister got killed until the FBI and the tracker told them. Yeah, that's what drugs do to you. Yeah, the brother is very <laughs> deep into drugs, and the father, sort of. I think the father just went to jail, didn't they? Well, the the brother, no, the brother. The brother of. Yeah, Natalie's yeah. brother, their parents. Yeah. No, they were, he's the guy that started crying for, to Jeremy Renner's. And he said he's pretty much just lost two children now. Yeah. Because one, he lost to drugs, and one he lost to this. But at the end of the movie, what happened? That was the one good, good, like, sweet, like, like a little bit of bittersweet outcome of everything that happened. Yeah. So before getting there, though, putting out the trailer, um, 
so you get the back story because they were a mystery up until this point. And now that we're at the climax of it all, um, this is where shit goes down. Yeah. <laughs> this is where all the chaos comes out and all the all the guns come out. All of literally. the guns. <laughs> like it would be like a part two. Because <laughs> the guns came out before, but yeah. no one shot anything. Yeah. There was no death other than the murder. First murder. <laughs> <laughs> So literally the main I don't I don't even like a, the main guy for the drill site site tells people the people that are inside the trailer. Hey, the FBI agent is right in front of the door wants to talk to you, which gives the person inside the ammunition they need to be like, all right, all I have to do is shoot out this door. OK. Um, and Jeremy Renner is trying to get in contact with the sheriff and um, to warn them. Because Jeremy Renner is the smart one of all of these people. And so <laughs> by the time he gets that call in, it's a little too late. And this is where the gunshot goes off and Elizabeth Olsen becomes a badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go into the flashback scene a bit more. So, um, so it shows them, the girl and the boyfriend, um, you know, being all lovey-dovey. And they're in bed just kind of talking about, um, you know, where they want to live and all nice things. <laughs> and then I guess the coworkers, because, like, they live in this trailer, which is like a dorm sort of thing for these workers. But the coworkers get there and she was like, aren't they supposed to not be here tonight? They were. And they were all drunk and fucked up. And like I said, when these kinds of dudes get together, they're like fucking animals, <laughs> especially when they're fucking drunk. Which included like their leader. Yeah, it's like their boss leader. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. But there's like one guy in particular that's really fucking <laughs> shitty and he just won't stop. And he's like trying to see like under the covers and stuff. And he's like, what are you guys doing in there? It smells like sex in here. And he's really fucking gross. <laughs> he's like the absolute definition of a dick. Yes, like the worst. Um, yeah. And the other guys are just like, hey, stop it. Stop it. Leave him alone. Actually, I don't know if they said that. But the boyfriend was like, uh, get this fucker out of here, guys. And they're like, huh. it's just him being him. <laughs> <laughs> they're not physically going in there and grabbing him. Yeah. They're just one of them is telling him to leave. Yeah. And only one of them does the raping though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um and um So I guess the guy just pissed the boyfriend off. And then he like the boyfriend just of course defends her and like kicks him or something <laughs> like get the fuck out of here but he's outnumbered yeah he's he is, outnumbered. yeah he's outnumbered by a lot of people so like he can't protect his girlfriend and defend like what is it like five six of those guys yeah that came in? I think it's like six mm -hmm. yeah he's definitely outnumbered and then while he was defending off those guys the one that did i guess the raper um pants the girlfriend yeah and starts um assaulting her 
And it's a really hard scene to watch because, yeah, just rape scenes in general are fucking hard to watch. Once that happened, though, the boyfriend got off of the other guys and started beating the shit mm-hmm. out of the raper or the future raper. Um, and then all the other guys got him off and started to kick his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. And I think during all that tussle, I think the girlfriend got hit. Yeah, I think she did get hit. Like, yeah, she well, yeah, yeah she got knocked out. Yeah. She got knocked out. Yeah, enough that she was just flat out, um, unconscious. And then I think the boys knocked out the boyfriend. Yeah, they have like a frying pan or like a skillet, and they're hitting him with it. No, they and- beat him to death. That was after this. Yeah, we didn't really get to see that part, but you definitely assumed that they definitely killed no, him. No, I thought they beat him to death in the trailer, they didn't? They did. So they, they beat did. him up once with the frying pan. That's when they're like, okay, he's knocked out, then let's go rape her. Then he comes to and then beats the shit out of them or tries to. That's when he gets beat to death. Yeah, and, and then she, she runs, away. runs yeah. away. She's barefoot. She has her jacket and like pajama bottoms on, and that's all. And she just runs. I think that was like a nice little gesture for the boyfriend to do because I think the boyfriend wanted a type of way to have her to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that ended up costing his life. It did. I mean, hers too. So <laughs> he didn't yeah. know that, but. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the flashback part that explains everything that happened. Um it's I think it's like a shitty situation. No, they're in the middle of nowhere. I mean like I feel like at that point for her it's like it's picking the less of two evils. You might as well get raped or and and stay in something more warm or you should go away and then what they said like the nearest like road is like Six to eight miles. Yeah. But I think they probably would have end up, ended up killing her, too. Yeah. Anyway. This is how you find out she ran six miles. Yeah. And then going back to Elizabeth Olsen being shot. Yeah, there's this, like, whole big shootout. Everybody has a gun. So she was trying to get the person that was inside to open the door after the... Um, she finds out that, um, well, she touched the doorknob. She tries to open it but she can't open it and then that's when the sheriff yelled out watch out yeah and then she just gets shot like almost point blank with a shotgun uh she had a bulletproof vest on but that would still fucking hurt and like bruise and probably break a few ribs (laughs) so she seems to be knocked out She's on the ground, and then the shootout happens between all of the construction guys and the sheriffs, and you just see everybody getting shot at this point, and at about the time where all the sheriffs are down, and Elizabeth Olsen is also trying to get her other clip done, is when Jeremy Renner kind of comes in in his white suit, camouflaged in with the snow, but he didn't really come in, he shot that person like he shot a couple of people before he came into the scene right yeah yeah he he was following the tracks and the tracks led to that trailer and that's how he ended up there so he had his cool sniper rifle thing or whatever it was (laughs) and he shot some dudes and saved their asses 
And then during all of the shootout scene, the raper actually got away. Yes. Yeah, he was the last survivor of all of them all. And he kicks the shit out of the window to get out. And she actually crawled under the trailer and shot him in the leg or something. She saw him somewhere. Him or, yeah, I can't remember. He gets shot, but. And then that's when you see Jeremy Renner come through and get her inside. And she calls in a helicopter to save her life. Dun, dun. <laughs> I feel like a little bit that was like white privilege. It was. Yeah. We're talking about the whole movie about not having resources. And the white lady's like, you got a helicopter? I got a helicopter. I'm going to save my life. Here. Not the other not the other people that got me here. There's only I room could, for one. I couldn't call for backup before. But now that my life is in danger. <laughs> <laughs> and she also lets him go, though. So she lets Jeremy Renner go and he warns her, I, he's not coming back. Like, I can't, I can't bring him back. I need you to know that. And I think at this point she's seen enough shit where she's like, yep, that's, you know, I know. (laughs) And yeah. What happens next? What What happens happens next? They go to, like, this biggest peak. Yeah, Jeremy (laughs) Renner, like, snowmobiles this fucking guy up to, like, the highest high (laughs) of a mountain top. The highest peak in Wyoming. (laughs) He hunts him down just like any other predator. Knocks him the fuck out. Puts him, or, or snowmobiles him to the highest peak in Wyoming, which I don't remember the mountain. They actually shot it in Utah. (laughs) <laughs> he gets a confession, though. Yeah, basically, he makes him die the way she died. Which yeah. I like that poetic. But, but he also made him look like a massive, I can't say any other word than this, pussy. <laughs> but I hate saying that, so massive that, weenie whiny. That's how those people yeah. are, like, when they're alone. It's so funny, because he, and it like, it's this guy bleeding. And he's going to die. And it's just so funny because he's acting like he's just whining and whining. So there was a part in in that scene where, like, I didn't want to, like, bust out laughing. But I, like, bust out laughing just because he was just, like, mumbling, like, I like don't kill me, don't kill me. But, like, how he was, like, mumbling with, like, blood in his mouth, like, it made the scene not believable to me. <laughs> And I was just like, is this really fucking happening? <laughs> but it was it was pretty funny, but it was a serious moment, like pleading for his life. And yeah. you know, it's like the bitch so, got what it deserved, you know. Pretty much. I think it's so funny because he reminds me of someone I know that my sister was married to. Jariah. Sorry, Jariah. <laughs> <Say Jariah. Really>? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope, not them. But my sister, my sister's husband, now ex-husband, because he was a fucking dick. And he was the worst fucking person. And he is the worst fucking person. But that's who he reminds me of. And so, like, when he, like, unveils that he doesn't have any boots, he's like, where are my boots? I can just hear my fucking sister's ex-husband yelling that fucking out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so glad you're dying. 
the real person can't die, but like <laughs> <laughs> if I picture his face on your head, it makes me feel better. So <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, it's just it it is hysterical to me. Because he also picks up snow and he's like, there's, there's all this, there's just snow. There's nothing but snow. <laughs> Where the fuck am I going to go? <laughs> I'm on this fucking mountain. Like, where's the nearest road? Six miles. Yeah, like six miles. Which is the same amount that she ran. She ran six miles in the snow without shoes. And he couldn't last for 600 feet. <laughs> oh, what a little bitch. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty fucked up at that point, but yeah, like his lungs gave out pretty quickly. Also, I think he like ran up the mountain. I don't know what he did. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what the fuck he was like thinking. But Jeremy Renner put, Renner put the gun like right next to his head. He was like, he shot it. He was like, go. <laughs> and then the guy fucking freaked out. That would make you like super deaf, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he dies. Thankfully. It's a good scene. I kind of wanted Jeremy Renner to just like cut that guy's dick off and like feed it to the mountain lions. But that wouldn't be a part of his stoic personality. I know. That's just what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> you also get some background. So Je- Jeremy Renner obviously is the single guy. And, um, but because of who his family is now through his ex-wife is with that guy mumbling about there's just this fucking snow and silence and he goes into saying well that's all my people have and he didn't grow up in that but he married into it and it's all very personal to him um and the whole thing is just very like this is everything that the united states government took away from these people and I like how you brought up the fact that um, his uh, like he took ownership, even though he didn't grow up in it. He took it as his has his own just because of the family that he grew up. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. He adopted what what he found later on, which is awesome. But it, then it, that also takes him back to Natalie's parents place. Towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think he goes to the hospital first. I think that's what happens. Goes to the hospital first to check up on. Yeah, have you guys noticed how everybody just cries on this guy's shoulder? Kind of, basically, metaphorically. Maybe he's just, like, the type of person that people go to cry to. Because he's, like, definitely a strong person. Well, I mean, like, him marrying into that family. I don't know how tight of a bond uh, he had. Um, built up with the other like family members on that reservation since his ex-wife is from that reservation um sometimes like when you know somebody and like you are in like this heated like situation or whatever and you see like a familiar face sometimes you just break down yeah also knowing his background of what he already went through with his daughter and basically this is him going through it all over again um and so it wasn't just him trying to find justice for his friend, um, for his daughter being murdered, but also for him in a way. And he does kind of go back to his ex-wife, too, 
and you know they kind of go over it a little bit his ex she's so cold i know she i was is. just gonna say she's really she's heartless. such a cold bitch <laughs> <laughs> but really quickly going back to him going to the natalie's parents house i legit expected him to walk in on a murder scene like murder suicide scene almost like oh, yeah the husband and wife like killed themselves like because it was too much to deal with but i was pleasantly surprised so that when i first saw this movie in theaters the one scene that really got me because we're at the end but the scene that got me is when he went and sat next to him and like his face is painted and he says this is my death face and jeremy renner was like something about um do you even like do you even know what that is and the dad of Natalie is like, no, there's no one left to tell me the stories. And that was so, like, gut-wrenching to me when I first saw this movie. Because it's not just true with, like, Native Americans um, and their culture. But with so many cultures now, you know, like, as kids, either parents took them away from a culture to know something new and to know something better. Um, or they just, they couldn't be brought up in that lifestyle. And so you lose all these things or it was taken away. And so that one just like, you know, not getting to know as someone that didn't know my grandparents at all because they died when I was super young, I never got to know their story at all. And my parents' story is too hard for them to ever repeat back to any of us. And so, like, that always grabbed me. Every time he says that, like, there's no one left to tell the story. At some point for every every culture, there's not going to be somebody that could tell that story. So that's my favorite scene is that when he um, when they're just sitting there. Because the one thing that he knows is that in their culture, they sit in circles and, you know, feed off of each other's energy and all of that. And I think that that's probably the most powerful scene to me is them just sitting there on the ground. I think the fact that his uh, son was kind of coming back around was a really beautiful thing to see at the end because it was kind of like the silver lining of everything that just happened, kind of, maybe. Yeah, I think a, a lot, too, is when really shitty stuff like that happens in your life. You're like, oh, okay, maybe I should start paying attention. I think that's what happened to the to the son. Was like, well, my fucking sister's dead now, so, um, I don't, I don't really have anything. Like, I literally had everything when I was being a druggie and didn't <laughs> give a shit. And now that it's actually gone, you know, drugs doesn't seem so appealing anymore. Yeah, that's Wind River in a nutshell. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> sad movie, very emotional movie. Since we're talking about our favorite scenes, I think this scene didn't get brought up in our conversation, but I would like to add it. Um, there was a scene right before they went to the um, oil uh, rig um, mm -hmm. for the final shootout between Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. And he was explaining to her about how um, I think his daughter uh, was found. Mm. I think that was my favorite scene because that kind of evoked a lot of emotion from him as to why he is so invested doing this. Yeah. 
And you don't get to see you don't get to see her background. Like Emily, his daughter, all you see is pictures. And when they borrow let Elizabeth Olsen's character borrow clothes because she's not dressed for Wyoming weather in springtime. Um, you just see more pictures of her and you don't really know. Um, and she wants to know why he's so invested. Um, and she goes there to find out why. I really like that scene too. So and then another thing I wanted to ask, there was a there was another picture at the end of it that kind of looked like his daughter with the other character who yep. who died. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that is is that what I'm picking up? Yeah, they were. Yeah, best Natalie friends. and Emily. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know they that. were friends. Okay. Yeah, they were besties, which is I think is also what made it really hard when he found the body. Mm-hmm. Is like as if he found his daughter again. <laughs> With, and that makes sense to how he reacted. Yeah, when he see him in the snow. Because when I first saw this movie, also when you first see her in the snow, I'm like, oh my god, his daughter. Because you just saw her picture on the mantle. Yeah. And then it, it's not until later where you find out that it wasn't his daughter. Um, but And you find out his daughter's actually already dead. And it's somebody else's. But seeing it full circle. I mean, also living in a community where all where that's all you see all the time. Like, thankfully, where I grew up, I, it was just not something that you saw all the time. Like, at all. So I never in a privileged life that I had, I never got to see like fucked up shit like that. Um, but in a community where that's all you see all the time, um, you like become sort of desensitized to uh, it. Yeah. High functioning, just like a high functioning depression type where (laughs) you're just numb to things that happen and the bad things that happen are like, okay, whatever. Which which I think is one of the big problems. There's so much um, sensitization to these cases because there's so many of them. And, like, I feel like the FBI just doesn't care that much. Like, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and, like, read a lot of stories about these sort of cases where indigenous women go missing or are murdered and it's just so frustrating how like little law enforcement cares and how much little like how little effort they care to even put into it especially if it's like I said before especially if it's like a sex worker or um anybody I guess that's not like rich (laughs) white (laughs) you know it's yeah I think we see that a whole bunch in our country and it's fucked up and it makes me very angry. <laughs> Just to be like a devil's advocate though. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the FBI walkers are not just cold mm-hmm. or non like emotional about it. It's just like they've seen these cases a lot of times and maybe they, maybe they just have like a protocol to mm-hmm. follow and, it becomes routine and you know sometimes when you go through your own routine it comes like mundane yeah. and it just like you, you you just go to a b c and d yeah but it's not like you have any feelings attached to it if that makes sense and i think another part of it is that they don't get like 
given the budget or the resources or enough to actually do these cases because they're just not seen as like high priority. Or it's just another another woman, indigenous woman, murdered, raped. The other thing with those two are is that, you know, going back to one of the scenes in the movie where like Jeremy Renner's like, can I talk to him? Like, so I can find out things and because he already knows that he's not going to talk to the police like these people already don't trust you know somebody outside that doesn't look like them um so they already know and so he finds out you know the boyfriend's name or whatever and elizabeth's like i don't want to fucking know like I, everything will be inadmissible in court if you tell me but the re the way she finds out it like the ma the boyfriend's identity is not even through the druggy brother it's through the fingerprints mm -hmm. so that's just again like these people with the fbi they don't talk to people they don't know and especially people that don't get brought up in these you know loving neighborhoods and stuff like that are taught to hey be wary about this like be wary about this person I don't care if they're in a uniform, be wary about them. You know, um, I know it was in my family. Like my dad always taught me never put your race down on anything. Never. So like they're, you're taught to do these things. And so these people, though, maybe the FBI does care. They're not, they don't, they won't get the information that they need from where they need it to come from. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately is also one of the big things with it. And besides, like, if they did have the resources and stuff, like, I'm actually pretty surprised that, like, they actually, like, had the time and planning to have, like, all the other um, police officers from different jurisdictions to come together on one day just to, like, go up and try to raid this property and bring up snowmobiles for each and every one of those people and the car that, you know, went or not the truck or the trailer or whatever the shit is um from point a to point b like i don't even think the fbi would probably do that for a case like this right yeah especially right if there's too many hoops to to jump through you know if there's three different jurisdictions you have to jump through probably not <laughs> i mean you see that in svu i'm watching svu like no <laughs> one's business right now <laughs> I just got to say it's the same thing. Like once they got to like go through to a different state and through a different jurisdiction, they're like, they literally bitch about it every time. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's another like big part of the problem. Um, so I just read that 95% of these cases are not like reported by national news. So it's not like they're even making much of an effort to get this information out there there is like a hashtag follow like on anything really um it's mmiw hashtag mmiw it's <laughs> murdered and missing indigenous women and if you like go on instagram and type that in there's just like because i looked at it last night there's just so many pictures of women and girls like indigenous girls I, I still feel like the media has its own agenda and stuff, which doesn't include mm -hmm. cases like that. 
which kind of yeah. sucks because I feel like if a person is missing, usually if they're, I'm sorry, um, Caucasian, you'll see it on TV. You see little white yeah. kids on TV be like, oh, they're missing. Like, and come guess- and find them. And then when it's like an indigenous woman or child or just a person of color or just not of the, you know, the majority. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're just like, oh, sweep under the rug. Yeah. And it's it's an extremely big problem. It's not even just like indigenous women. It's black women, black kids. Um, There's so many cases. Where cases are just mishandled by police because they just don't care. I mean, Vietnamese, Hispanics, like, the list can go fucking on yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, also, yeah. I mean, the news is just there to feed off of, you know, somebody's beliefs. It's not, I mean, journalism is dead when it comes to a media like that. Because if you look into it, breaking news and like these big, you know, Weinstein stories and Epstein stories, they don't come because somebody at that station was putting in the effort. They come from actual journalists that work for newspapers and shit, feeding, you know, doing all the footwork to try to find these stories. And then depending on which network you're listening to, you get a different story. And a different bias. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they're just there to just feed whatever it is that consumer Whichever consumer that they, you know. And I can just imagine, too, because there's so much stuff going on, right? And you kind of have to figure out which one, not so much which one you're behind, but which one you put your energy in. Because you, if you put your energy into all of them, you're, you wear yourself out. And you don't set yourself up for mental success. But, like, one of the biggest things that I'm, I advocate for and what I feel will happen in the future is because there's just no paperwork in detention centers with refugees and you know immigrant people that this shit's happening regardless it's happening now and nobody cares and in 20 years when maybe somebody cares they're gonna you know either find that there are so many people missing or so many people that weren't even reported to be there but were actually there um in this huge thing, again, through whatever journalist is out there doing the footwork to find out that information. But it comes out years later after the fact. It just happens everywhere in so many different situations and scenarios and countries. And <laughs> not just here, but yeah, I mean, it's exhausting mentally. <laughs> Hard to keep up with all of it. And yeah. Oh, another thing I wanted to say is just another like side thing um, about the the whole database and sort of, I guess, tracking how many women go missing. A lot of them are like falsely classified as like um, uh, Hispanic or Asian, too. So that's like skews the numbers as well, because there's not like any real numbers out there, like how many how many people? How many women? <laughs> so, but saying that, there are, like I said earlier, there are a few groups that are sort of compiling their own database and stories. Um, and 
there's a lot, <laughs> a lot that were not ever put into any sort of database or anything like that. So many unsolved crimes, murders, rapes, all that. But if you want a few websites here, this one is Canada based, I think, and it's mmiwg ca National Inquiry into Murdered and or missing and murdered indig- indigenous women and girls and it gives you some more information i think it Is links to some website yeah um because it's like a big issue in canada too but it, it links to a whole bunch of stuff and then there's another one that i think is uh, more us based it's nativewomenswilderness.org that gives you some more info if you want to know more after you watch this movie and you learn a little bit more about what's going on outside of your bubble <laughs> um <laughs> so i think yeah this this episode got pretty deep it felt a little or- unorganized because i'm bad at this <laughs> i hope people actually stuck around to listen to it though even though it's like a way different cast and all that so Saying that, I guess we can get into final thoughts on the movie. Um, I guess, uh, case slice. I'll ask you first. What are your final thoughts? What would you rate it? Um, I would rate it... This is a really hard question for me, and I don't know why, because normally I don't really give a shit about movies. (laughs) (laughs) I would give it an 8, because I feel like it's really... Actually, 8.5. I think it's really touching on a topic that's not talked about very often. And the fact that they put in the rape scene, and it was really graphic, without being graphic, I think it it's definitely one of the top movies, I think. So I would give it an 8.5. Did I say 8.5? 8.5. Good movie. All right. <laughs> but don't expect, like, overly fucking weird dumb shit from this movie. Like, you know, like, super CGI or, like, romance and shit like that. Watch the movie and just absorb what you see. Don't expect too much from it. Okay. <laughs> or expect a lot. Just not some Hollywood bullshit. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll go to Jill. So I would rate this movie 8 out of 10. There was two things in the movie that kind of took me away from it. So one, the scene between Jeremy and Elizabeth Olsen before they went to the um, the final shootout. I think the um, whoever was the cameraman there, he had the real like fucking bad shakes because <laughs> it took away from that pivotal scene, I think. Um, and it kind of made me dizzy watching it. And then second, oh shit, I forgot the second. But anyways, my final thoughts of it was that it was a good movie. I really did appreciate how non-fluffy this movie was. And it was actually like a, it was a pretty good movie that I would watch again. And I don't watch fucking movies at all. I'm not a movie (laughs) person. And I like the ending that it's not like all happy and bubbly or like optimism, but there's like some type of like not solace but some type of like closure of like it's okay if you don't know or if you don't find out like what happened but if you can just 
kind of not move on, but there's different ways to cope and it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to feel your feelings or whatever. Yeah. Um, through it. And I guess my final thoughts of it, um, great movie. I would recommend it. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Mic drop. Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, final thoughts on this movie. Um, I think it's a really good movie. It's definitely in my ballpark of the types of movies that I like to watch. <laughs> um, I watch that real sad shit, as Dry likes to say. <laughs> um, but I like people's stories. Um, so I um I went into this movie not knowing what it was the first time, and I think that's the best way to go into this movie. Um, not expecting anything from it. If I rated it, I'd probably rate it, I would say, an 8 um, out of 10. It's a good movie, especially to get kind of a a little blip of something, again, outside of your bubble and learn from it. And, you know, got that sad shit that I like. So, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what do you think, Sam? Final thoughts? Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> That's the end. All <laughs> right. Well, I pretty much, I mean, I guess I just mirror what everybody else said. Like, yeah. It's really well done. I think it's um respectful and I think the themes and the topics are something important, I think. To me personally, I think it's just uh, as just a woman. But <laughs> and I hate men, so fuck it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't hate men. Hold on. <laughs> I don't hate men. I take it back. Yes, a lot of them I do. <laughs> um Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of really beautiful scenes in this movie. Usually not the type of movie that I would watch either, but I uh, yeah. I think it's really good. <laughs> movie brings out good conversation. Yeah, it brings out good conversation. And I think that's that's definitely part of why this guy made the movie. It's an important topic. <laughs> so I guess I'd probably rate it like a eight point five as well. Uh really well done. Again, respectful. They actually use Native American actors in it, so they have the representation in it, which is good. So I mean, they didn't use Italian people and just put dirt on their face and make yeah. brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. just a Disney move. <laughs> yeah, that's like a Disney move. <laughs> yeah. So I think that wraps it up. Again, that was a deep episode, I guess. Angelica, how can you get a hold of us? All right, guys, <laughs> you can get a hold of us at the Last Ones in Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook, The Last Ones In or Instagram, The Last Ones In. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> and you have an Instagram? Is there any other? That's, that's what you want to hear for someone that's yeah, on the show. Yeah, we have a... Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a link tree which will what the fuck is a link tree it'll give you links glad you asked <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question that's a great great question <laughs> it will give you links to everywhere you can listen to us 
plus all of our socials. Um, it is linktr.ee slash L-O-I-P. That is linktr.ee slash L-O-I-P. Just like look it up or something. <laughs> <laughs> Google that shit. Google it. Just Google us. Google the last ones in podcast. The last ones in or the last ones in podcast. You'll find us wherever. Maybe. <laughs> so I think that wraps us up. Let's see. Robbie's not here, so he can't say the thing. <laughs> so I guess I'm a good uh, thing for that. So thank you guys for this lovely girls only podcast um i from k slice in east coast and then the rest of us over here in this hot as fuck room yes (laughs) (laughs) um so please wear your mask stay alone stay alive and get your vaccine get your vaccines and stay safe y'all yeah I mean, that's the gist of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. He looks defeated already. He's going to be like, this is going to be so much editing. <laughs> There's too much pressure with him here. I know. <laughs> That's what happens when you try to get a bunch of women to do a podcast. <laughs> so sexist. Did I hear what he said? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we heard. heard that one. We heard. <laughs> I mean, I'm a woman, so I can't be sexist. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's what happens when you give the reins to somebody that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing.